dear church family, we continue our new Bible studies and series on the life of Joseph. Now the fifth study on the life of Joseph. In our last study we saw the great contrast really between the altogether obedient, beloved son, Joseph, who walked by faith in God's covenanted promise. Uh, and the contrast between him and Judah, the really rebellious, um, rebellious uh, son, really, who walked by sight, didn't he, in his sin and in his depravity. And through Judah and Tamar, we discovered in our last study, man's great depravity, didn't we not, uh, for sin. Yet whilst at the same time we saw how God's superabundant grace and mercy just broke through all of that in the end to make them truly trophies of God's sovereign grace. This evening in Genesis 39 we see Joseph being brought down in verse 1 into Egypt under Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard. This notorious or notable man, uh, uh, Potiphar. And notice, uh, dear brethren, previously in Genesis 38, the chapter before, in verse 1, it says that Judah went down from his brethren. Notice, notice that Judah went down. He went down of his own willingness to separate himself from his brethren, uh, away from God's people, away from the means of grace, and it was just a downhill spiral. He went down. He willingly separated himself from his brethren. And of course we saw how his life just, uh, it just went downhill into sin. And then the first verse in Genesis 39, we're told that Joseph was brought down. You see here the absolute precision and accuracy of Holy Scripture. Once willingly in a, in a sin, separates himself from God's people and from, from everything that is good and wholesome, and the other, the other, God ordained him so to actually rescue them and actually be uh, the one who was going to be, as it were, the, the, the one who would be drawing them. And so God was using them. As Joseph was brought down into Egypt by the, the hands of the Ishmaelites and sold as a slave, into Potiphar's great house and estate, the, the, the theme, really, of today's Bible study becomes in, increasingly clear to us, doesn't it? It says in verse 2 that the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. In fact, it repeats it several times in this one passage, over and over again. But the Lord was with Joseph, yes, even in these dark providences. Yes, when he's been rejected of all his brethren. Yes, when he's been brought into a foreign land uh, where there are foreign gods and alone, bruised and tired. Yes, God is still with him in his weakest moment, in, his dark, in these dark providences. God is still there, right by him as it were. And so this, no doubt, is the theme for today's Bible study, that the Lord was with Joseph. And this is really an encouragement to us, 
That in life's dark circumstances at times, dark providences which sometimes we don't understand that are going on in our life, and difficult trials that are happening in our life, we must understand that if we're truly the Lord's people, that He is with us. The Lord Jehovah is right there with us in all life's trying circumstances. When circumstances at times can block our vision, dear friends, the Lord is still there with us. He is sovereign. And it says, And he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. The Lord here mentioned throughout today's passage, notice also, it's always in capital letters. Do you notice that? Lord. Lord here, it's in capital uh, letters. And it's, it's emphasizing that this is the Lord Jehovah, that this is the covenant-keeping God, the true God that is bringing Joseph into Egypt amongst the many false gods. This is the Lord Jehovah, the God of Israel, the Savior God. This is the, the mighty Jehovah, the covenant-keeping God that's with Joseph. Now, friends, at this point, remember... Joseph is just a lad of 17 years old. 17-year-old lad, you must remember that. He's been rejected by his brethren. He's been violently stripped of his coat of, of many uh, colours. Remember that symbolic coat that was symbolic of God's promises and God's distinguishing grace upon him. He was stripped of that. He was thrown into that, into the, that cruel pit and left for dead. And he was sold as a slave, as it were. They hoped never to see him again, albeit his father. And he was alone in this dark uh, place, and, and in, that, in that slave market, uh, which is awful, and tired and bruised and alone. Where was God in all this, one may ask us? Where is your God? When all these things start happening to you, and we are told right here, aren't we, that the Lord was with Joseph. Yes! And, and it's, it's, it's stunning how many times the Lord keeps reminding us, the Lord was with Joseph. Right away, being brought into this terrible circumstance, but Scripture says, straight away, when all these things happen, but the Lord was with him. Even in these difficult times of life, he was right there beside him. You know, prosperity preachers would have you think that you're only blessed when things go right for you in your life. That's the only time that you're blessed, when things are rosy, as it were. And friends, this is just so far from biblical truth. This is so far from the truth. God often proves those who are truly His, by often, by, by our faith, by often going through diverse and often severe trials of faith. James 1, 2 through 4 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. You see, our trials, we must remember, are always custom designed by the Lord. They are bespoke to exactly what we need 
in this life. And it's not only for us, by the way, it's not only for the, the, the benefit of our souls, it's also the spiritual benefit of others, family, friends, loved ones, seekers. It's for their benefit as well. But verse 4 says, but let patience, start of James says, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. There's a reason for the, the, the trials that we go through. There's a divine purpose behind the, these things. The more the diamond is cut, the more it sparkles for God's glory. We are, are jewels, aren't we? God sees his people as jewels. The more the, prune, the, 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 the branch is pruned, the more it brings forth fruit for God's glory when the sun of righteousness shines on it. Hebrews 12, 6-7 says, For whom the, the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son he receiveth. You see, if we're without chastening, if, if we're just living a life in, in ease and Zion, as it were, then we ought to be actually uh, concerned. Um, the Lord keeps us on the straight and narrow. The Lord knows how to look after his people. He doesn't give us everything that we want. He, he knows how to, to use us for his glory. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? You see, as a father, it would be cruel for me to allow my children to do everything they want. They need guidance, they need boundaries, they need lines. It's loving to, to do this. And so, we don't know the half of it, friends. But God does, doesn't he? 1 Peter 4, 12-13 says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. And dear church family, I'll tell, I'll tell you these things really for your comfort and for your consolation in this life. You know, as, as Christians, it's not easy being true Christians in this dark world that we're living in increasingly. So I'm telling you these things for your comfort and for your consolation. For over 20 years, Joseph suffered wrongfully, separated from his dear father and in a strange land. But the Lord, the Lord Jehovah, the great covenant-keeping God, the Saviour, God, was with him. And friends, this is the most glorious thing for the believer. Even during the, the, this life's most trying difficulties and dark circumstances, the one thing which we really, is really breaks a Christian's heart is, is, is having, not having God's presence. His felt presence in my life. That's really what I'm concerned about. Love, loved ones may forsake me. My, my, like Joe, I can lose everything in a day. But really what breaks my heart is, 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 is not having the Lord close to me, guiding me, so working in me, assuring me. Really, that's what, what the believer really wants. And Joseph knew that. Everything else was taken away from him. But the Lord, the, 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 the Saviour, 
the Lord was with Jehoshaphat. He knew of God's felt presence with him, guiding him, assuring him, making him to persevere. And dearly beloved, in every true believer's life, there will be crosses for us to bear. There will be dark providences for us to contend with at times. We must understand that all our trials, like I said, they are custom designed and bespoke from above. They serve a purpose here. And typically that purpose is for the spiritual blessing and benefit not just of us, but that of others as well. And so next time we are tempted uh, as Christians to, to self-pity or can complain, you know, self-pity, friends, it, it is, a, a, is a form of pride because it's got self added. It's something which I, which is one of my, what my, one of the worst things I hate is self-pity because it has an element of pride in it. I want, I want, I want the attention. I want to draw the attention to myself. Uh, instead of the Lord. And it really has pride at the bottom of it. And so next time we are tempted to draw pity and, and, and this kind of stuff to, to, to our, ourselves and complain and murmur, we, we're really doing that against the Lord, against God. Uh, because He is sovereign, isn't He? Psalm 37, 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and He delighteth. In his way. Well, friends, did Joseph become full of bitterness and resentment? Did he say, well, that's it now? Look at everything that's befound me. Is the Lord really with me? Uh, he didn't, did he? What was Joseph? Did he become full of inactivity and just say, well, I'll just, I'll just do things half-heartedly? Now, because of these dark providences, because of these trials in my life. He didn't, did he? We're told in verse 2 that the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Scripture is furnishing us here, saying he was a slave in someone who was a, an Egyptian, a false god worshipper. Their morals would have been terrible, we know that. Uh, and, and yet, uh, Joseph was here, diligently, wholeheartedly serving the Lord. And let us take note, dear brethren, that Joseph's true prosperity here was that of a spiritual nature, which really no amount of money could buy, can it? No amount of money can buy what only God can give. Because we, we know, really, that when push came to, came to shove, he would be willing, again, Yet again, to give up really all of his creature comforts, all of over ten years he was in Potiphar's house, all of the honours that he would come to in Potiphar's house, at a drop of a hat, he was willing to let it all go, rather than deny his God and sin against his God and give in to those temptations every day. What a testimony this is for us, dear brethren. What a challenge this is to us to covet earnestly spiritual gifts that will have eternal results. That's what we should be coveting the most. Spiritual gifts. That which will have lasting impact upon uh, those around about us. Now friends, it's an interesting 
it's interesting to note that in the all-wise providence of Almighty God, that Joseph found himself in Potiphar's house as a domestic slave. Now, have we noticed that? He was a domestic slave. He could have been a slave, put into the, the back-breaking labour in the building of the Egyptian empire. In fact, most, many of, of slaves would have found themselves in Egyptians, the Egyptian empire, this building of Egyptian enslaved in, in, in the, the, the heat, and they would have perished, many of them. But in the almighty providence of God, Joseph found himself in this Egyptian Egyptian's house. And this Egyptian was a notable man, friends. And so it's, it's interesting. But God would have it that he was in the, in the right house, with the, under the right man's authority, at the right time and for the right sovereign purpose. And interestingly, the name Potiphar, it means he whom Ra gives. <laughs> he whom Ra gives. And we know Ra is the sun god, isn't it? Uh, of the many, one of the many false gods of the Egyptians. And so this Potiphar would have been a false god worshipper. He probably was in that for many generations, hence his, his name. And so this is quite significant because in verse 3 of our text in Genesis 39, we're told that Joseph's newly found uh, master, Potiphar, not sovereign master, but in the house, Potiphar, saw that the Lord was with him. And that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Wow, what a testimony. That this heathen, false god worshipper, Potiphar, recognises the word of the true, living God through Joseph. What a testimony of faith this is. And no doubt Joseph would have spoken to him of the Lord. How else would he know of the Lord? And we see here the powerful witness that and testimony of Joseph's faith that even during all these dark circumstances and all that he happened, that he still really through his faith and his love for the Lord, he was still pointing people to the Saviour through his faithful witness. The part of the soul that the Lord was with him and that he that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Everyone would see that everything Joseph did just reverberated blessing. <laughs> it's just amazing, isn't it? And it's clear that Joseph was not one to hide his light under a bushel. It shone in that house, didn't it? And it would seem that the light of Joseph's faith in the Lord, his Saviour, was manifest in everything that he did. And Potiphar saw that the Lord was with Joseph, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And no doubt Joseph at times would have spoken to Potiphar of the Lord, and, and that Potiphar saw the evidences, the fruit, as it were, of the Lord's blessing through Joseph's life. And what a testimony this truly is, dear friends, when we are wholeheartedly dedicated to the Lord, where we, we so have a zealous regard for the Lord's honour in our life. That must be paramount 
every part of my life must I must always have the Lord's honour at stake here. This is all about His honour. Am I portraying His honour? And this was always foremost in Joseph's heart. And so what an encouragement this is for us, dear brethren, during dark circumstances, dark providences, which we can often find ourselves in, to pray for the Lord's name to be hallowed, to be made holy in these dark providences. We often, as Christians, we will be brought into dark providences, and they are so designed that we can bring honour to God's name, that through these dark providences, that the light of the gospel would so shine. What a wonderful testimony, isn't it, friends? And what an encouragement for us, dear brethren. And it would seem that everything that Joseph did just resounded and reverberated from blessing. All the, the cutting, as it were, all the cutting of the vine of, of Joseph's life and the pruning and the deep cutting, it would seem that all those that cutting led to fruit just pouring out of it into every part of his life. Because he was rooted in his faith in Christ, in the Messiah. And the Lord was with him, friends. It's remarkable. And so much so that we're told in verse 4 that Joseph found grace in his sight. That's in Potiphar's sight. And he served him. And he made him overseer over his house. Overseer, overseeing all of his estate. And Potiphar was a rich uh, noble, really. And he made him overseer of, of, of all his house and all that he, he put into his hand. Everything. <laughs> he could see the Lord is with this man. I don't want to put, I'm going to take it out of my hands and put it in his hands. If, if the Lord's blessing him, and, and perhaps before Joseph came along, he has a bit of a slump and he maybe gives Joseph a few things and sees that Joseph, like the parable, is turning. Uh, one thing into multiple things, and he's thinking, wow, I'll give him another thing. And, and the same thing happens, and the same thing happens. And he's just, he's like, well, I'm just gonna, all I'm gonna do is eat my bread. <laughs> and just give this, give this man everything, because the Lord is with him. And because the Lord was with him, and over the space of ten years, Joseph really goes from rags to riches, doesn't he? And it's such a blessing when you see this in believers. You know, I've seen believers really that have hit rock bottom. I'm not just I'm not just talking about money and, and, and these things, but spiritually, and the Lord just so brings them up. <laughs> and, and I just praise God when I see people and they go through these dark providences and these crushing circumstances sometimes, and, and the Lord just takes hold of them and just amazingly just opens up so many doors and just breaks through and brings them up. And it's such a blessing, friends, to see that, isn't it? You know, from a, a beaten up, abandoned, kidnapped slave to an overseer, a, a manager of the most influential, one of the most influential and finest estates in the whole of Egypt, Potter's house, close to Pharaoh, close to influence, prophet in God's sovereign dealings, as it were. And no doubt he diligently took care of all his master's business dealings, doing it always heartily unto the Lord. Remember, young people, 
Do everything heartily unto the Lord. Never uh, resort to a complaining attitude. Do all heartily unto the, to the Lord. Joseph, yeah, even during the darkest of circumstances, could have very easily just given up and complained and gone to bitterness. But here he is, trusting in the Lord, still doing that which is right, because he's doing it for the Lord, as unto the Lord. And we should always have that in our marriages, as unto the Lord. In the Church of Jesus Christ, as unto the Lord. In our, in our responsibilities to our fellow man, as unto the Lord. That's always in his, 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 his heart and his mind. To honour the name of the Lord. And this should be the same with us. And no doubt this came with privileges. These honours put upon him. These outward honours put upon him. Comforts. New garments. He would receive. Remember he had those beautiful, colourful uh, robe stripped away from him. Now, no doubt, he's given these new garments. Again, a mark of distinguishing grace put upon them. The rags are taken off. And yes, Joseph would come again to be stripped of his outward honours, wouldn't he? Again, the garments, remember, that adulteress, Potiphar's wife, would, would use again, once again, those garments uh, in her hand. Um, you know, let me just say at this point, dear friends, there are many in this life that can attempt to outstrip and take away the Christian's garments and bear false witness and so try to take away all these things. And yet they can never take away God's grace, can they? It can never take away God's love and God's presence. And that, dear friends, is a great blessing, isn't it? That they took, they took everything from Joseph. And even, even now, Joseph was willing to give it all up. But they could not take, take uh, God's grace and God's love for him. The words of Luke 16.10 really come to mind. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. You know, young people, I want to speak to our young people here this evening. Starting off in life, make sure that you're faithful in little. And even as you are a bit older, make sure that you're faithful in little. If you're not being faithful in little, God will not give you much. If you're living with a defiled conscience, you know you're not, your life has not been conformed to the Word of God, you're complaining, there's a bitterness there. Cast those things aside. Be faithful in little, and God will make you faithful in much. Um, it says in verses 5 through 6 that it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house, and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house, and in the field. Verse 6, And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person, and well favoured. Such was the trust and the confidence that Potiphar had for Joseph. He saw that the Lord was with him, because he had this confidence and trust, because he, he saw that the Lord was with him in everything. And that he literally just 
handed everything over to Joseph. Just delegated everything over into his hands. So much so that he knew only the bread. <laughs> only the bread that he would eat. And like I said, you know, he's seeing all the blessing coming from Joseph and he's saying, well, better it is than mine, really. I'm just going to pass all my responsibilities over, over to him. But this is not to be taken into practice by Christians, of course. This is, this is a, a false worship. Christians ought to lead by example. Um, but uh, we see here the great witness Joseph was. It would seem that everything Joseph did was prayerful, thoughtful, diligently done, and wisely, wisely done. What a wonderful admonition. What a wonderful encouragement here for our young people. That if our hearts, that if our hearts so pulsate for the Lord's honour, for him, the honour of his name, the Lord Jehovah, that he will so bless our labours. Friends, we see the powerful witness of, of what one individual man can do. The, the, we see a powerful witness of what one individual man can do amongst complete heathens, strangers to God's grace. Everything that Joseph did just exuded, just reverberated around him. You know, it's like one of, I'm trying to explain it, like one of those people, just everything, everything just exuded from him, just touched something and blessed it kind of thing. And everything he did. And of course, no doubt he did these things humbly to the Lord. He was not wanting, he didn't want that limelight. He, he always had God's name at stake, God's honour at stake. And oh, that, that we, like Joseph, would have this zeal, this true integrity and heart zeal, not a phony outward one, not an outward intention, and that's all going to fade. A true heartfelt zeal and jealousy for the honour of the Lord's name and all that we do. Oh, that we would have this. God's distinguishing grace was clearly upon Joseph at this as the 17-year-old ragged slave rose, really from the ashes of, of severe dark providences to a significant uh, position of, 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 of prominence. Uh, Solomon in Proverbs 22-29 says, Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings and not be men. And that's what Joseph came to do, didn't he? Stand before the king, Pharaoh. And this reminds me of how David behaved himself wisely around Saul, didn't he? He was taken from his father Jesse's uh, sheep coat uh, and uh, he was one that uh, behaved himself differently from all Saul's men, Saul's worldly men, most of which were. And he, he didn't do the same things. He was very peculiar. He behaved himself wisely, the scriptures said. And you know what? Saul saw that. And it made Saul fear. Read the text. Saul was in fear when he saw that the Lord was with David. He was, wasn't acting like his men. He was serving the Lord. He, was, he had God's name it was at, at, at stake here. And, and we can speak of others like Daniel. I mean, what a great witness he was amongst the Babylonians. And 
These things are written down for our admonition, aren't they, and our learning. We see here also the continued promise of God's covenanted promises to Abraham, do we not, in this text? The Lord said to Abraham in Genesis 12, 3, And I will bless them that bless thee. <laughs> and he was, wasn't he? Even a worldly person, a, a, a false god worshipper, God was blessing Potiphar and the whole of his estate and the whole of his house because of Joseph. And curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Blessed. God's promise to Abraham. And these things were coming true. And of course these things do come through through the greater Joseph, the Lord Jesus Christ, who would draw all men to himself. Joseph, in fact, himself, who would come to be Prime Minister of Egypt, he would draw all the people of the earth during that worldwide famine and that, and that area. And all of the known people of the world would come to him and he would draw people and they would hear about him and more importantly, hear about the Lord, wouldn't they? God's covenant and promises being fulfilled here. Now as Joseph grew into a well-favoured and mature man, remember, he was 17 when he entered into this house, and over 10 years he grew in favour with God and men, and this brought to him envy, no doubt amongst many of his peers, because he rose up, really, did he not? And of course, many temptations as well were around him, and he was envied. And many temptations uh, were around him, as in his previous house before they envied him. Now, friends, we are told in closing of today's study, at the end of verse 6, that Joseph was a goodly person and well favoured. A goodly person and well favoured. That word goodly in the Hebrew is called to air. To air. And this, this really is significant because in, in, in the next chapter of Joseph's life, verses 7, which we'll look at next time, verses 7, because we're finishing on verse 6 today, but this word to air, goodly, in this particular text, uh, is significant because in the next chapter of Joseph's life, namely the strong daily temptations that he would uh, endure through that adulteress Potiphar's wife, the, the word goodly here is really relayed that Joseph was not only a respectable, graceful, morally pleasant man, which was a, which was a breath of fresh air in that house, but also outwardly he was of an attractive countenance. He was not bone idle. We know that he worked diligently for his father. So he was easy upon the eyes, as it were. But his real beauty, as it were, was in his heart uh, for the Lord. And being not only uh, uh, being not only ethical in his practice, agreeable, responsible, that was that was a very rare, attractive feature in that culture, in that Egyptian culture. If you just read about some of the the practices of that wicked Egyptian culture. And so no, no doubt his, uh, just his personality would have been uh, attractive. But also being attractive to look on 
a goodly person would have made him a double target, as it were, from strange, ungodly women, such as Potiphar's wife as well. And so that's why that, that word is significant, because it's almost a transition, it's preparing us for the next chapter in Joseph's life, from verses 6 through to uh, the next chapter in Joseph's life, where he would have to endure these temptations and ultimately he would be thrown into, into prison. And he would be there bear false witness for. Now friends, it must be said that it's not a sin to be endowed with physical uh, uh, beauty or attractiveness, just as long as it, as it doesn't go to your head. And, and as we're afraid to say, we, we very much live in an image-obsessed culture where most people uh, adorn themselves, they're always looking in the mirror every five minutes, tanning salons, you know, nail bars. <laughs> we, we live in an image-obsessed culture and people cannot help but take selfies of themselves, prime their bodies and looks, as it were, and they make themselves an easy target. Joseph, this is not true of Joseph. Joseph was not making himself a target. Joseph was living for the Lord. And so, friends, it's, like I said, it's not a sin to, to have this, um, just as, 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 as long as it doesn't go to one's head, especially if you're a Christian. We must be on guard against such temporary vanities that will be as a flower, as it were, and vanish into, into nothing in the end. We live, in, like I said, in a very much image-obsessed culture where outward appearance and fitness has become a guard for many. And I'm sad to say, even for many professing Christians, They've fallen into this trap, the gym life, the, you know, looking into the, the, the mirror every five minutes. There's this flirtatious spirit. Uh, Christians, I'm sad to say, have gone down this route. Uh, and uh, we, we must be those who are on double guard against these things. The, the Christian witness in, in the West, in the West, I fear, is losing really its light and it's saltiness because in many respects it's gone along with the selfie, hair-flicking, image-obsessed, uh, immodest culture. It's losing its light and its saltiness. The, the beauty from within has really shown itself from without. And Joseph's faith shows us that true, lasting beauty is that which only the Lord can give us. And really, that is what is manifest on the outward as well, as we saw with Joseph. And as we come to see in our next study that true inner beauty and holiness and integrity towards the Lord God is what makes Joseph more than a conqueror. It makes him more than a, a conqueror for, through all the advances of Potiphar's wife. Day by day, she would be alluring him, advancing him. And remember, he's all by himself. He's undergone all these dark promises. It's so easy for him to give in. All things were given to him. But every day he's resisting them because the Lord was his beauty. The Lord was his... He always had that in his heart and his mind. He, day, he died daily to himself. And this is a great challenge and testimony to us, isn't it? And how we are to live our lives. 
and, and, and sincerely pray every day for these things. How did Joseph continue, friends, to overcome all these dark providences and sore discouragements all the time? How did Joseph get the motivation to su su succeed despite everything that befell him? How did he navigate himself through the, the ranks of all those who hated him and envied him and who wickedly rose up maliciously against him and gossiped about him? How did he not succumb to the powerful position and it did not go to his head in which he was brought and all the comforts and temptations that were brought along with it? Because like I said in the beginning of the study, the Lord was with him. That's it. <laughs> the Lord was with him. And the Lord, dear friends, is with us, isn't he? Just don't forget that. Every day, just tell yourself that. The Lord is with me. I love the Lord. And, 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 and honest and earnestly desire the best spiritual gifts. God's presence. Our presence every day, and the Lord will be with you. Amen. Amen. Amen.